Welcome everyone to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is February 24th, 2020. As most of you know, these web webinars are intended to introduce the work of triangles to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles, but also to provide a platform for those people who are already members of the triangles work to participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of that network. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The work is simply the establishing of a line of lighted, loving communication between three people who agree to vivify their triangular link every day. Three people linked together as a triangle of light, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. Their triangle is then placed within the planetary network of triangles, and as the great invocation is sounded, its energies are released and circulated throughout the etheric network, touching all open hearts and minds that can respond to spiritual stimulation. So triangles need only take a few minutes each day. It can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So as we do um, each week today, we're fortunate to have a guest um, who will be speaking with us after the meditation and visualization. Steve Nation, who directs the New York Center. Many of you may know Steve. And what we're doing for the next five weeks with these webinars is focusing upon the planetary centers, the five planetary centers of Darjeeling, London, New York, Geneva, and Tokyo. So each week we'll have a guest who either lives or has lived in those centers or visited those centers, worked in those centers, who will share their impressions and understanding of the role that that center plays within the larger framework of our planet. For we know that our planet is really, we are a reflection of our planet. We're a reflection of God. Our planet is an embodiment of that great life. And just as we have centers of energy within our energetic body, so too does our planet. And one of the ways in which these centers are focalized is through usually a major city forms up around uh, each of these centers. Each one corresponds to a different chakra system. Each one has a different energetic field that works through it, a different ray, different signs, and therefore has a different dharma to fulfill within the larger framework of our planetary life. So we look forward to hearing Steve's thoughts on the center Darjeeling, where he has uh, undertaken some interesting service work over the last years. And the energy that we're working with today as most of you know, is the 
outflowing energies of the Pisces new moon, which occurred over the weekend. And Pisces is a key energy, as we know, because it's been the energy that's been conditioning our planetary life for specifically 2,500 years, but then within a larger cycle of the greater zodiac for 25,000 years. So it's an energy that will be with us for many, many years to come. It's not something to be um, rejected, done away with. Pisces is the most um, exalted, really, of all the signs. It is, after all, the sign of the world's savior. The world's saviors throughout time have come forward under this energy. So it's a very rich sign. It has, as we're told, it can take from all the signs, all qualities of all the preceding 11 signs can be drawn upon in this period of the annual cycle. So it's a time for us to review what has been accrued over the time of the past year, but it's also under its ruler, its potent ruler, first ray planet Pluto, to let go or to somehow bring a combustion to the year that's just passed, perhaps saving a few seeds, a few kernels of truth that has been understood and gained over the course of this year, but then to let all the rest of it, the good and the bad, go under the impress of this powerful planet of destruction, the planet Pluto. So we're going to do a brief visualization now, and then we're just going to lead right into our meditation after we sound the mantra. I'm going to use a little music today for our visualization to prepare ourselves. So let's just take a moment to link with each other. Visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And now visualize within that sphere a triangle. The triangle composed of the three primary planetary centers. the planetary head center, Shambhala, at the apex. The planetary heart center, the spiritual hierarchy. And the third point, the planetary throat center, humanity. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle.
from point to point, merging and blending the three points, filling the triangle with light. superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star, the star of the world teacher, linking the subjective and objective worlds, the east and the west, past present and future, radiating the energy of love. At each point of this star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of the consciousness of the great light when bodies are planet. These five points are the planetary centers. Visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. Radiance are we and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. 
we reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Now let's link in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working within this Triangles Meditation Group. We invoke the highest center, Shambhala. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the Triangle Divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the radiant worldwide triangles network.
hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. Now link with the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and at the heart of each triangle. Hold the group mind open and receptive to the inpouring energy of love.
visualize light and goodwill circulating around the triangles from point to point, flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Prior to sounding the great invocation, let's pause to consider the work to be done by the words as they're poured out. And let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. from the point of light within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth 
into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. So now we would like to welcome Steve Nation. Let's see to make you a presenter, Steve. Uh, Steve, okay. Okay, one second. Hello, Steve. Can you hear me? I can hear you beautifully. Can you hear me? Yes. Well, Good. welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. Hello, everybody. Oh, that's a beautiful image. That's a wonderful image of Darjeeling. You see, you see the tea right in the forefront. You see the wonderful... Um, cedar, deodar, I think they are, cedar trees um, that, are, that are throughout the town. And then you see this image of the town, which is often enshrouded in cloud. Um, it's a very beautiful town, Darjeeling. It has, it's a big tourist center. Um, people come from all over India, particularly during the very hot, um, season to, to escape the heat of the plains come up to the hill centers and Darjeeling uh, is thinks of itself as the queen of the hills it was a great hill center during the um, 
during the time of the Raj, during the British government's time. It was really became a, the city that it is now during, as a result of Britain, um, when a lot of British people went there through to escape the heat. Um, it's so it's still a place whenever you visit with a lot of tourists, a lot of places to stay, and it has a very unique energy. There's a very unique sense of a deep, profound presence in the town, um, and that contrasts with when you go down to the market place for example in the town the noise is almost unbelievable the um, fumes from exhaust from cars uh, constant busyness constant um, movement and noise and bustle and hustle one tends to think how could this possibly be um, this deep spiritual center and yet we're told in the Alice Bailey teachings um, that there are these five inlets for spiritual force. Um, that was a beautiful visualization, Kathy, that you led us through earlier. And that these, we can think of them in the way that a lot of students of Eastern literature think of chakras, um, energy centers. We know about most um, People on a spiritual tradition today know about the, the, the spiritual energy centers in the human body. Um, and in a way, these are presented by Alice Bailey. I don't think there's any other writer who, who deals with this, presents the idea of five energy centers through which the higher levels of reality, the spiritual hierarchy and Shambhala, pour energy into the human network and therefore also pour energy and radiate energy through the triangles network this triangles network of lighted etheric triangles that those who participate in triangles are building through the daily practice of triangles um, and that includes all workers for light so five planetary chakras and it's um, often we think of the chakras as, as if they're like the human system um, the vast literature on the chakras of the human system emerging out of the ancient scriptures of the east use different names when referring to each etheric center or force center and the associated anatomical and physiological systems. But just like the chakras in the individual system, the planetary centers are different from, and they're not to be confused with the cities that are associated with the centers. The chakra system in the human beings a vertical system reflected in the spinal column and the head and the relative activity of each center reflects the evolutionary status of the individual. In other words, it's a hierarchical system um, of relationships, the chakras, when we talk about the chakras in the human body, and significant meaning is attached to the vibratory activity of chakras above and below the diaphragm, and the way in which these chakras are brought into synthesis um, 
and 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 how the higher energies can begin to become the strongest energies. This is not the case in any of the writings about the planetary planetary centers, where the vertical idea of chakras in the human body is replaced by the image of the five pointed star. Um, So you have these five inlets for hierarchical force functioning through five associated cities. The cities are like the, the outpost. Um, when we think of the big cities like New York or London or Tokyo, um, particularly, or Geneva is a smaller city, um, and you think of the vast numbers, the millions of people, particularly those three cities, New York, London, and Tokyo, um, millions of people. Um, and we think of the incredible human energy that these cities represent and what, how they are centers for creativity. Each of these cities, just by the virtue of the number of people, are centers of creativity. It's easy to understand why one would think of them as a as a outpost of higher energies. Um, Darjeeling is a part of a triangle it's, um, of New York, London, and Darjeeling. And so it's interesting to think of um, these two cities that we know so well, most many of us, London and New York, um, in relation to Darjeeling as a triangle. Um, and in this relationship, Darjeeling is said to be the high point, um, and it's a subjective center, um, more so than New York and London, um, where it's easier for pure spiritual energy to flow. So that's something to think about. And these five planetary centers, they're actually two of the centers where a purer spiritual energy flows into humanity. The other one is Geneva. Darjeeling City has a second ray soul and the fifth ray personality. And the Indian nation, the, the, the country of India, this huge country, has a first ray soul and a fourth ray personality. Nothing is straightforward. We think we can just analyze these rays in a straightforward analytical system. And yet it's all a question of relationships. The fourth ray personality of India makes us think of harmony, beauty, and art. And these continue to be gifts that India brings to human development. In, in India, life's incredibly colorful. And there's a richness to it that isn't present in the West. In many ways, the ray combinations make us think of the um, light of the East and the role that this light is playing in the awakening of the mind of humanity to the reality of the great chain of being, the spiritual hierarchy, the continuity of consciousness. And in a way, that's how we should think of the Darjeeling Planetary Center all the rays of the city and the nation contribute to the important role that this center has played and continues to play in human spirituality. So these are the 
city with a second race soul and a fifth rate personality and the huge nation of India with a first race soul and a fourth rate personality. Some find it surprising that the force pouring through the planetary inlet conditioning the greater part of Asia is out of the first ray of will or power and that this is the same ray that conditions a London planetary center. But whereas in London, the first ray is described as a building force with its keynote I serve, in Darjeeling, the first ray, we see a different side of the first ray. The keynote of the Darjeeling center is I hide the light a hidden, it's the will, the hidden, peaceful, patient, strong will of the spiritual warrior that we think of when we think of Darjeeling. At first glance, the keynote, I hide the light, can be thought to refer to the fact that light always comes from the east and India has always played this role in the spiritual life of humanity. But TK suggests that the keynote has another level of meaning. He writes, when the in intent and purpose of the great life which works through Shambhala is carried out and is in process of expression, a light will be revealed which has never yet been seen or known. There's a word in the Christian scriptures which says, in that light shall we see light. And this means that through the medium of the light of wisdom, shed abroad in our hearts through the ageless wisdom, we shall eventually see the light of life itself. Something meaningless and inexplicable to humanity at present at the time that this book was being written, but will be later revealed when the present point of crisis is surmounted. So that's one thing we can think that what's happening in human consciousness today is that increasingly in the field of spirituality, there is, we are being exposed to a revelation of the light of life itself. And it's the Darjeeling planetary center, which is the main point of responsibility for that revelation. A center that purposefully protects and hides that light until such a time as human consciousness has developed sufficient depth of synthesis, sufficient intuitive quality to begin to become sensitive to the light of life itself. Even though um, Darjeeling's historically been regarded as a spiritual center in India, it is a hidden background quiet spiritual center not like the famous centers of pilgrimage where millions assemble for mailers or where Buddhists visit, visit, visit the famous towns associated with the life of the Buddha, or where devotees come in huge numbers from around the world to visit the ashrams of famous saints. 
Darjeeling isn't famous like this. For many, it's best known because of the tea that grows in the area. Or for local people in India, particularly, Darjeeling is known because of the schools, particularly famous schools established by the British, which now continue to be some of the most well-established and well-known schools in India. But still, Darjeeling is a center of pilgrimage, partly because of ancient myths, but mainly because it's physically dominated by the view of the third highest mountain in the world, Mount Kanchenjunga. This is a mountain with five stunning peaks that you see, you look out from Darjeeling on a clear day, which is not every day, but when you're lucky, you see this magnificent view right in front of you of the sacred peak of Kanchenjunga with its five points. It's revered as a sacred mountain in all the different traditions of the Himalayan region. And the sacredness of the mountain is so deeply embedded in culture and law that climbers, climbers do are permitted to climb um, Kanchenjunga, but they are prohibited by law from placing their feet on the summit. Um, and no human feet have ever been stood on the summit of Mount Kanchenjunga. Visualizing the Darjeeling center, rather hidden from the gaze of the world that it is, it can be useful to bear in mind two comments that Alice Bailey made. In 1949, there's a note that the center was occultly vibrating in response to the relative nearness and propinquity of the Himalayan Brotherhood. So the masters of the wisdom, as they're described in the theosophical tradition, but also in other traditions, are to be found around this Darjeeling area. The city has an unusual geography. If you look at a map of northeastern India, you'll see that it's part of a tiny finger of Himalayan territory, surrounded on the west by Nepal, on the east by Bhutan, the north by Tibet. It's also bordered by Sikkim, which during the time of when the Alice Bailey books were being written was an independent kingdom, though it's now a state of India. And a little earlier, sometime between 1939 and 1942, in esoteric astrology, the comments made that the effect of force flowing through Darjeeling is not as obvious as it is in the other centers, but that it's especially important as a distributing agency for members of hierarchy influencing human affairs during the crisis of the Second World War. It's really interesting. So in this hidden center, when all the attention during the Second World War is focused on events that particularly concern London, Geneva, the cities of Europe, through Greece, all these areas, whether that Japan, Tokyo, um, China. So one has the sense of a powerful hidden first ray center where Shambhala force touches and safely radiates out through it the net, throughout the network of the five points, where it can be drawn upon by disciples and members of the group of world servers. 
and as an independent and strong India finds its voice and establishes itself in the modern world, we can expect the hidden light of Darjeeling to become a little more evident, more present in consciousness. The city reminds us that one element of the current crisis in the world is that the light of life itself is in some way to be revealed, known and understood within the higher reaches of human consciousness. And that to me is how, certainly how I think of Darjeeling. Thank you, Steve, for those inspiring thoughts. Maybe we'll just take a moment to let them sink in. I just, before we open it up to the group, I had a few questions um, that I'd like you to answer, if you will. Um, sure, uh, well, I don't know about <laughs> answer, but we can, sure. <laughs> I know that part of your service work involves working with others to, in the environment of the Darjeeling Planetary Centers. Can you tell us a little bit about that work that you've been involved in? Yeah, it's, yeah, through a strange set of circumstances, I guess. Um, Darjeeling has sort of become an important part of of my life. Um, and there's a whole group of people, well, when I say whole, there's a group of people who draw their inspiration for their life from the Alice Bailey teachings and also from the Agni Yoga teachings. Um, who are involved in a series of activities in Darjeeling. And um, it's, to me, it's very interesting to think, I always think that how useful it must be in the, particularly in the Darjeeling center, which has very little, and the whole Indian tradition and in modern Indian spirituality as it's evolving and as it's finding the light, as it's refinding the light of the East to radiate into thought throughout the world, there's very little um, awareness of the Alice Bailey tradition. Um, and yet, of course, within traditional Indian spirituality, which includes a Christian tradition. Um, all of the elements of the new Aquarian consciousness, all of the um, fields of discipleship are active. And so it's always, there's always a sense that there must be value in bringing people whose mind and imagination is immersed in the Alice Bailey tradition to take time to visit Darjeeling, to enter into the atmosphere and seek to sense the inner spiritual atmosphere. Um, because the hierarchy are thought of as, 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 as those members of hierarchy who are in incarnation and also in etheric incarnation as in the region of Darjeeling, in these areas of Tibet, that what Tibetan tradition speaks of as the hidden valleys, 
um, the hidden valleys of Shambhala. Um, and there's a definite sense of the presence of hierarchy in Darjeeling. So it makes sense for people who study Alice Bailey to visit and just be available so that these hierarchical impressions that there are human um, brains meditating, doing triangles in, the, in this environment of the Darjeeling Planetary Center and consciously um, seeking to contribute to the building of the Antikarana, the alignment between the higher spiritual center of Darjeeling and the, um, the city itself and the field of consciousness of people who live in the city. There are, it's, it, it's, there are actually a lot of, there are several interesting, very interesting activities going on in Darjeeling um, that draw from the Alice Bailey tradition Yoga tradition. These include a two of the most outstanding sort of model animal shelters, which is really interesting in a first-rate centre um, in the towns of nearby to Darjeeling and in Kalimpong, which is the second major town of the district, um, doing incredible work with street dogs, which are a big issue, big problem in throughout India, um, and. Also with providing care for um, other animals, particularly for those people who don't have um, who who don't have the finances to be able to hire proper vets. Um, the Darjeeling Animal Shelters provide highly trained, skilled vets, and now I have one of the uh, the animal shelter in Kalimpong has the highest quality of. Um, animal laboratories able to do all sorts of investigative work, blood tests, um, x-rays and so on. The highest quality of laboratory service of any veterinary center outside, of, uh, outside I think of Calcutta um, University. Um, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's wonderful. And then there's a, the Darjeeling Goodwill Center is the most, is a, is a community center with very strong association with the leading NGOs and servers um, throughout the Darjeeling district um, that's very active and used, um, for, has all sorts of programs, including art programs for children, um, programs in psychology, introducing psychosynthesis to schools and to young people, a huge variety of programs, all focused on goodwill and the energy of goodwill. Um, involving, I've been to many um, sort of community gatherings where leading servers, members of the town council, um, various politicians come together to discuss issues in the environment in relation around the theme of goodwill. And every year, the um, there's a Darjeeling Goodwill Week um, with activities that involve lots of um, most schools. Um, there's a college involved the college. There used to be a video competition where um, students in the college who are studying video work um, have a competition to make a, a short film around a goodwill theme. Mm. And the third sort of major center in, in these activities is the Crookedy House, um, which was the house that Helena Rurik um, lived in in the last days of her life 
um, in the I think the last ten years of her life after Nicholas had died, and the Himalayan Institute of Goodwill and Living Ethics now owns um, the Darjeeling the uh, Crickety House, and it's a it's a center for Agni Yoga, and it has a small conference center attached to it, and also is working with a number of programs to inspire the arts and beauty in the, in the area. I I understand that you hold, um, or a group of you hold a retreat uh, in Darjeeling each year at the Scorpio full moon. And how do you see the relationship um, between that energy of the spiritual warrior and the energy of this first-rate planetary center. Do you have a sense of that? Yeah, I, I think every year a group of people um, travel every Scorpio full moon. Scorpio, because India is ruled by Scorpio, um, and every year a group of people gather for about a week over the full moon to study. Um, the five planetary centers to study DK's writings on Darjeeling, um, on the Darjeeling planetary center, and to provide, seeking to provide a mental environment using meditations, great invocation, um, which can be to help build this alignment between human thought and the deepest part of the um, Darjeeling planetary center. And my sense is that those who participate in that event never lose their sense of relationship to this revelation of the one of the light of life itself, not necessarily as a personal experience, but the way in which this is transforming human consciousness, this light that pours through from Darjeeling, um, its impact on the whole of human consciousness. So every Scorpio full moon, if anyone's interested, they can, um, they can write to, they can write to me, um, or they can write to, um, they can write to the Lucis Trust in, in New York. And, um, we can um, look at that, and and it's it's just a way of the 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 other thing that we do during the Scorpio um, gathering is that as well as studying Alice Bailey, that we also visit a number of um, service projects so to get a sense of the Darjeeling community, of the discipleship work that's going on in Darjeeling, um, to make it a whole experience. Well. Thank you so much. Um, maybe we just have a, a couple minutes. So if anybody has a question they'd like to pose or they can do so by either posting it in the chat box or clicking on your name in the participants box and um, we'll unmute your microphone. There's one that just came in from Christina. I don't know if you see that, Steve. Uh, yeah. You might want to... See if you I wonder can if um, I wonder if we could have any thoughts of how the vibration of this planetary center of first ray will be affected or energized as we soon approach the year 2025 
and we said that there will be an inflow of the fourth ray energy and hence an impact of the law of sacrifice. Interesting. That, um, that's right. I mean, for my comment, Kathy, will be interested to hear your thoughts too on this. My comment is that we know that energy is intensifying as we build up to 2025. And so we can use our imagination to sense what this might mean, an intensification of a deep center that's tasked with um, hiding the light and sort of guarding the revelation of the light, it's, of the light of life itself for the deepest students of esotericism and spirituality in all traditions. To me, we can imagine a revelation of a new level of understanding of wholeness and synthesis pulsing through the sort of deep spiritual, the network of deep spiritual thinkers in humanity today. Um, and we can also imagine how that will impact on human affairs. Um, Kathy, any thoughts? Well, I totally agree with what you just said. I think that the impact of, whoops, sorry, 2025 could be very first ray in nature. The Tibetan doesn't indicate that we will have another Shambhala impact in that year. But considering the fact that these Shambhala impacts have been increasing, occurring in um, 1975, 25-year intervals in the year 2000, and then with this incredible conclave coming up within the circles of hierarchy, it wouldn't be outside the line of possibility to consider that we might have another Shambhala impact during that year, which would certainly uh, have a first ray alignment, as you mentioned, um, the center Shambhala, the etheric center, is within the environs of that Darjeeling centers and with a first ray soul, I do think that, yeah, it could have a powerful impact. And of course, Christina brings up the fourth ray energy, which is so strong under uh, the sign of Scorpio and within that planetary um, area of the world, it could certainly be quite powerful. So the fact that you're going to be there um, on the opposite point to the higher interlude, the opposite point to the Waysack full moon, the Scorpio full moon, I think you'll be contributing to the grounding of that energy and it's a valuable service. So, yeah, I think, yeah, sorry. Um, there's a question here from Alexander. Hello. Yeah. Hello, Alexander. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Did you have a comment? I just wanted to thank you and Steve for your service and, and the enlightenment that you give us all. And I, me personally, and I'm sure the others agree that we give our whole uh, energy to your, to your service. And thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thank you, Alexander. You know, I read it, it, it sort of feels strange to hear that. That's very kind, but really this, the whole thing of the triangles network, it's, anything that all of us, the things that all of us are doing 
are little points within the network and the real impact and the real power is in this whole vast triangular network of relationships so it's all of us yeah i think that's what the triangles work is all about exactly well it's four o'clock so it's a good time to on the hour to say thank you again for your presentation thank you for your dedication to the work of triangles all these many years i know many many years ago you and your late wife jan had a center in uh, new zealand which was called the triangle center so we know this work is close to your heart and thank you so much for being with us and so let's close now with a moment of silence to link with the network all triangles workers everywhere Thank you.